This is a part of service where we get to continue our worship to our Lord through our finances, with our tithes and offerings. Just the other day, um, I was talking to someone, and they gave me a little bit of a testimony about their finances, or their tithing, I should say. And it was in a sense that they were they had a job for a couple of years. It wasn't getting no pay raises. And they were just working. And they felt like they deserved this pay raise. And then they, the Spirit of God spoke to him and told him to start tithing. And he did. And then through his tithing, as he was sharing with, with me, is he got a pay raise, a substantial pay raise. And I don't, and I share this not to brag on how this guy got a pay raise through his tithing, but how out of relationship and trusting his God, how God can open these floodgates to bless others. And that just encourages me in my relationship with God. Because I, you know, I get tested so many times that, oh, I don't have enough finances to go get this or buy that or take care of um, back to school supplies or something. And yet, here's this person that was just trusting and giving extra and the Lord blesses them. And that's the kind of things that is need to be heard, need to be encouraged because it builds up our relationships. But if you're joining us um, today through our live streaming, welcome. If you're joining us in our fellowship hall, thank you. This part of the service, if you're guest and you're just visiting, please save your ties for your home church. And if you're just visiting for the first time, please take this as a gift from us to you. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this day. I, I love how you want to have relationships with us, Lord. And I just thank you for that. Um, and I just ask that you just take these ties and these offerings and use it the way that you see best. And I know that we can reach others for Christ through this race. In your name we pray. Amen. Go ahead, ushers. Every single one of us has weaknesses, and it's in our weaknesses that God says and promises that He will be our strength. But most of the times when it comes to serving God and thinking about, I want to, but I, I'm just not good, or, or maybe you feel like you don't have any strengths, it's in our weaknesses that God's glory is shown. That's what Pastor Ben Urbanozo is going to come and share with us today. So can we welcome him up this morning as he shares with us about God's power in our weaknesses. Thank you, Pastor Sheldon. And you know what's so cool is that actually today we're ending our series, What's So Important About Serving God? And you know, I love this because we're talking about God's power in our weaknesses. And if you don't know who I am, I'm a huge superhero geek. Like, I love superheroes. Like if you look at my office, you can tell. If you look at my wallet, you can tell. If you look at my phone, you can tell that I'm a huge superhero geek because I just love superheroes. I love, uh, I love reading comic books when I was a kid. I love the fact that there's so much movies. Did you know that the most, uh, the biggest box office grossing movie of all time is a superhero movie now? Yeah, it's so amazing. And so I love superheroes, and and and, and it's so I love that the world is just like you know superhero crazy, but. Uh, there's a reason why I like superheroes, and it's not just because they have cool suits or they have cool powers, but it's also because they all have weaknesses. They all have weaknesses. In fact, some of them, some of the most popular, most well-known superheroes have crazy super weaknesses. For example, take a look. Everybody knows Superman, right? Superman, Man of Steel. But what is his super weakness? Kryptonite. One green glowing rock is his weakness. One rock. He can fly, bulletproof, but not kryptonite proof when it comes to this rock. The second one is this, Iron Man, who is my favorite superhero. I love Iron Man. He's my favorite superhero. But what's his weakness? Brother man got to be recharged every single, uh, you know, once in a while. He got to be recharged. just like your phone. The next one, uh, Shazam. Shazam is, is almost like uh, Superman. Uh, and so he, he has all these powers. He can fly. He can, he can uh, do all these great things. He has a lot of crazy and awesome superpowers. But do you know what his weakness is? Saying his name, Shazam. 
like Shazam. When he says Shazam, he's, like, he's actually a teenage boy named Billy Batson. When he says Shazam, he turns into this big muscular superhero. But then if he says Shazam again, guess what? He turns back into that 15-year-old boy. That's weird. Like, what if he turns into Shazam? And he's like, ah. And somebody goes, hey, what's your name? Well, I'm Shazam. <laughs> Uh, uh, see, that's a weird weakness. The next one is the Incredible Hulk. How many, like, you know, everybody knows the Incredible Hulk, right? Hulk smash. But here's one of his weaknesses. I'm not even joking. Puppies. Like, big Hulk, his weakness is puppies, because when he's surrounded by puppies, he doesn't get angry anymore. He starts to calm down, and he turns back into Bruce Banner. The last one is Green Lantern. And Green Lantern is cool because he actually fights all these aliens in, in uh, the space. And he has this green ring. And, and he, he's able to build things with his willpower and all that. But here's his weakness. Yellow. Like the color yellow. Like imagine when he's at a stoplight. <laughs> and the, the, the light turns yellow. He's weak. He can't do anything. Like, this is crazy. Like, this, is, uh, this is why I love superheroes, because superheroes have strengths, yet they all have weaknesses. And you know what I love about it is the fact that in spite of their weaknesses, they still go and save people. They still go and try to save the world. They find the power beyond their weaknesses. You know, when it comes to serving God, we can feel inadequate to do so because of our weaknesses, our flaws, our imperfections, our insecurity, our hindrances. But the beauty of who God is happens in those weaknesses, those flaws, imperfections, insecurities, and hindrances. Because that's where we see God's power. Not just in what he does through us, but who he is in us. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10, the Apostle Paul writes this, and he says, So to keep me from being con- becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh as a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, everyone has weaknesses. But God's word to us is that he will be, our, he will be strong in our weaknesses. It's in our weaknesses that we will see the glory of God. How many of you have weaknesses? Because Lord knows I got a lot of weaknesses. But you know what's so great about that is that I get to see God's glory in that. Amen? See, we have those weaknesses so that we can see the glory of God. And as we serve God, he develops, empowers, and strengthens us beyond our weaknesses. Because when, where we are weak, he makes it strong. See, God has a purpose for all things, including our weaknesses. You might be here this morning and you're saying, I want to serve God, but I don't know if I'm good enough. Or I don't know about if I can because of this. Well, this morning as we end this series, we're going to discover four amazing purposes of why it's so important to serve God, even in our weaknesses, by taking a look at a man in the Bible named Gideon. And the first point is this. The first purpose that happens when we serve God, even in our weaknesses, is that we discover the purpose of humility. The purpose of humility. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 like Paul said, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. I love Paul. Paul has such a great, strong story of how he became a Christian, how he came to Christ, and what he did for Christ. But I love it because he's talking about, I've done all these great things for God. I've done all these great things for Jesus, but yet I have this thorn in my side that stops me from saying, it's all me. I have this thing in me that says, it's not, it reminds me constantly that it's not me. It's all about Jesus. And therefore, I get to keep that humble spirit. I get, to, I get to develop that humble spirit that Jesus wants for me. You see, when it comes to serving God, it all starts with humility. You can, we cannot serve God and be conceited or prideful at the same time. 
That, I, don't, I don't think that can ever happen. I don't think anybody can ever say, I'm serving God, but you know what? I'm the man, or I'm the woman, I'm the bomb, I'm the boss, it's all me. You can't, we can't do that. We can't say we're serving God and yet serve ourselves. It doesn't work like that. And you know what's, what's so amazing is this. The beauty is that our weaknesses actually allow us to lean on God and not ourselves. Now, I remember uh, when I was in high school, my junior year, my senior year, uh, me and my friends, we, 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 we made a band. We made like a local band. And it was so funny because most times when you make a band, you make a band of maybe like five to seven people. You have musicians, right? You have the guitar player, the ukulele, the ukulele player, the bass player, the drums, sometimes a keyboarder. Uh, and then you have the singers. And so m- most bands, they consist of maybe five to seven people. Our band consisted of almost 20 people. Okay? We had like two guys on guitar, two guys on ukulele, two guys on, we had two keyboarders. I was like, why do we have two keyboarders? Like the other guy was just playing this, like this. And, and I was like, we have two keyboarders. I, there was one time where we almost had two drummers. I was like, how is that going to work? We only have one drum set. That doesn't work. And so we had a lot of people in our band. And so I, I wanted to, I love singing. I, when I was a kid, I loved singing. I always actually wanted to be a singer. And I, so I remember we part of this band and um, I got told, uh, you're you, you going to do background vocals. So, okay, cool, whatever, cool. But I wanted to lead. I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to have the spotlight. And so I remember being in the band and, and we were, we'd play gigs. We'd get paid for going to, playing at parties and stuff like that. And so that was great. And then the band kind of broke up, and then we are done, and then we graduated high school. Well, upon graduating high school, Pastor Sheldon was like, hey, Ben, you want to you wanna sing, sing worship for us? You want to join the worship team for our youth ministry and our young adults ministry at the time? And I was like, sure, I'd love to do that. And so I remember, I kid you not, this is so crazy. I remember this one night in youth ministry, I think it was the first time, he told me, I want you to lead. I was like, all right. I'm not stuck to the background anymore. Spotlight. And so I remember, I remember I did this, and this is so, like, looking back at it, I was like, this is so dumb. Why did you do this? So I got, this, I got the mic, right, and I'm singing. I'm singing worship songs, right? We're, we're praising the Lord. And I start walking into the crowd. <laughs> walking into the crowd, thinking I'm Bruno Mars. <laughs> High-fiving everybody. Yeah, pray Jesus. Yeah. I'm like, and then Pastor Sheldon, at the end of the night, he's like, hey, Ben, you know, you did such a great thing. You just, you just sang so great, except for the time where you walked into the crowd. That was like weird. Like, don't, don't ever do that again. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I got it, got it. And he, and he told me, he told me why. He wasn't like, he wasn't being mean. He was saying, because it's not about you. It's about, it's about Jesus. This is not you performing, thinking, you know, you, you know, you cool hey Kai or anybody like that. You, you, you just, you're praising the Lord. And so I remember I, that stuck with me. It's not about you. It's all about, it's all about uh, Jesus. And so a couple years later, I remember we we're getting ready for this event called Valentine's Banquet. It was an event that we used to have here at church, and uh, the youth would put it on, and so we'd play, we'd have live music. And so we decided we we're going we to do the live music. And so uh, we're not doing worship songs. We're just doing, you know, love songs, right? And so I'm at home, and I'm, and I'm practicing, and I'm trying, and, and I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, you know, okay, we're singing this song. And so I'm singing in my room. And my mom comes to the door and she looks at me. And I'm thinking, you know, this is my mom. I'm her only son. You know, she, she, you know she's going to look at me like, oh, son, you're doing such a great job. She looked at me. She said, what are you doing? Oh, I'm practicing for Valentine's Banquet, mom, that we're going to sing and all that. She's like, you're trying too hard. I'm like, what? And this came out of her mouth. She goes, you don't sound good. It's like, okay, thanks, mom, for that really constructive criticism. And so, uh, so she left, and I was like, Lord, this, you know, it's kind of heartbreaking when your mom basically says you suck at singing right now. And, and I remember, and, and so I remember uh, having that conversation, and, and, and the Lord said, but you're not doing it for your mom. You're doing it for me. You're, you're, although you're not singing worship songs, you're still glorifying me by, by the, using the talents that I've given you. The worst part about it was my mom was coming to the Valentine's banquet. She don't come to church, but she came to the Valentine's banquet. And so she came, and, and so I, we're playing, right? And all I can think about is, I know something good, guarantee. My mom's going to give it to me after. And so after we finish our set and the night is over, my mom comes to me. And I'm thinking, yep, I'm going to hear how bad I played, how bad I sang. And on her face was this big smile, and I was confused out of my mind. 
Because I thought, wait, you smiling because you're about to tell me how bad I did? Or you smiling because how good it was? And she came and she's like, that was so good. That was so good. And she hugs me. She kisses me. Oh, that was so good. Oh, you sounded amazing. I was like, where was this? Like last week when you told me I sucked. <laughs> and then God reminded me, because it wasn't about you. Your heart changed. It wasn't about sounding good. It was about, are you going to do it for me? Even though you got told you don't sound good. You see, it starts with humility. That's why, that's why we have our weaknesses. You see, I love it when it says in James 4.10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. You see, humility reminds me that it's not even about me. It's all about God and his will for our lives as we serve him. And the purpose of humility allows us to move from depending on ourselves and depending on God. And that's where we find Gideon. You see, in Judges 6, we find that the Israelites, who are God's people, were under the oppression of the Midianites because they had rebellion towards God. They did everything bad. In fact, the Bible says that they never turned away from their evil ways. But as they got oppressed, as they, as they got uh, overtaken by other nations with the Midianites, they started crying out to God. And upon hearing their cries, God sends an angel to a man named Gideon to bring victory. And I love this because Gideon was a man who had many weaknesses, but yet God called him. Judges 6, 14 to 16, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. You know, we can often uh, mistake timidity for humility. Maybe sometimes we'll say, ah, I don't, nah, no, it's okay. I, I don't know. I, I, don't think, I don't think you can use me. And, and a lot of times God is saying, don't mistake that for humility. That's timidity. I have not given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but I have given you my spirit. So remain humble as I do great things in and through you. See, God gives us weaknesses as an opportunity for him to take the spotlight in our lives. And when we serve God with humility, even through our weaknesses, we can develop a more intimate relationship with God because he know, we know he's there with us. I remember in two, uh, two, uh, 2015, I spoke for the first time at our defined district junior high camp in Oahu. And let me tell you, uh, I'm going to be vulnerable. If that's, if, that, if that's okay, I can be transparent. I don't think highly of myself all the time. In fact, very rarely do I think highly of myself because honestly, there's times where I feel like I'm nobody. Yeah, you can slap the label of pastor on me, but the truth is I'm not that, I'm not, I, I don't, I never feel like I'm that important. Or I'm not, I'm not that good. Or, or, so I have all these things. So when I got asked to speak at, at the Defiant Camp, I was like, you want me to speak to, to junior hires where there's other pastors and they can probably do a better job because I, I know for a fact I'm not the greatest pastor. And so I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. How to, and then we get there and there's things that were happening. I was going through some personal things and I was like, God, you know, like, I'm not, the, I'm not like, I, I don't know if I, could, I, I don't even know if I should speak. I don't know if I, why, why, why would you use me? Why would you, why would you do that? And, and it was like this. He said, listen, I'm sending you so that they can see me. Yeah, but, but God, they have really good pastors that can speak well, that know the Bible even way more than I do, that went to Bible college, that have done all the studies. They're far more qualified than I am. Why am I speaking? Because I want to use you. But Lord, he's like, and, and I, this is a conversation I had with him right before I spoke. He said, can you love me and love my people? Yeah? Then don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about what's going on. Don't worry about the fact that you feel like you're not that great. Because I am. And so I went and I spoke and I enjoyed it. I love the fact that I got to build a relationship with kids that are not only our kids, but kids from other churches from Oahu and Kauai. It was such an amazing moment that, honestly, I would have missed out had I said, Lord, it's all about me, and I'm not good enough. He said, no, I'm great, and you are more than enough for me. 
stay humble because it's not about you. But don't be timid either. Don't be like, no, I, I'm not good enough, so I can't use you. Listen, I can use whoever I want to bring me glory. And he says that to us too. You see, a lot of times we feel like, Lord, how can you use someone like me when the truth is if all we, had, all we would do is listen to him, we would hear his voice loud and clear. Because what's so cool is that is the second thing is this. The reason, another, re- another purpose, the second purpose of why he wants us to serve him even in our weaknesses is that we find the power or the purpose of empowerment. 2 Corinthians 12.9 said, But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weaknesses. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You know, we like to focus more on the strengths that we have rather than our weaknesses. But focusing on our strengths rather than our weaknesses can actually hinder us from, what, from allowing God to work on areas where he wants to empower us in. I remember uh, before we had Caitlin, which are, who's our oldest daughter, I had no idea... I had, no, I had no idea when it came to babies. Like, I was scared of babies. Like, people would come to me, oh, you like, hold my baby. No, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm good. No, you like, no, you like, hold. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And the reason was because being big, when you hold something small, you feel like you might, you might hurt them. And so I remember I, 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 I never wanted to hold babies. And the funny thing is, in my family, nobody had babies, so I wasn't really around babies. But then when Katie found out that we, uh, she was pregnant, I was like, okay, Lord, I got I to gotta start learning how to hold babies because I want to hold my, my daughter. And so I remember we were here at church, and uh, one of our, our, our coworkers uh, had, a, had a baby boy. And so they, the, they looked at me, and they're like, you like hold so-and-so? And I'm like, sure. And so they hand the baby off, and, and I'm like, Okay. Oh, they're like, oh, support the head. I'm like, okay, 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 support the, support the bottom. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Is this correct? Because this doesn't feel correct. And they're like, uh, you, look, you look like you're struggling. I'm like, yeah, I am. I've never held a baby. And they're like, no, you, you got, yeah, you're holding them, but you got to comfort them. I'm like, somebody comfort me because I don't know what I'm doing. And so, and so Katie was like, here, 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 put them on your side, you hold the neck, hold the bottom, and oh, oh, okay, not bad, not bad. Now normally, every time I was with my babies, they'd cry. So that would always scare me. And I'm like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And it was so crazy because at that moment, I was like, I never thought I'd ever hold a baby. Okay? I was like, no, when Caitlin is born, when Katie gives birth, I'm going to wait till the baby's like four years old and then I'll hold her. But as I was holding uh, my coworker's son, I was like, you know what? I, I can do this. I can do this. I can hold him, baby. I can hold him, baby. And then when we had Caitlin, I realized something even better. That not only can I hold him, baby, I can change him diaper. Because you know why? In Philippians 4.13, it says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. <laughs> but that's the truth, though. See, there's areas, our weaknesses that's where God wants to empower us. Now, I don't like that saying that a lot of people say where they say, uh, oh, God will never give you more than you can handle. I don't like that saying because it's a lie. It's actually unbiblical. Because the truth is that God will always give us challenges that we're not equipped with so that he can empower us to do it. Like if God only gave us what we can handle, we wouldn't need God if God gave us all that we could handle, we wouldn't be strong. He gives us weaknesses. He gives us more so that he can empower us through it. You see, that's why it's okay with having weaknesses as we serve him. When we, go, when we look back at Gideon in Judges 6, verse 33 and 34, it says, Soon afterward, the armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east formed an alliance against Israel and crossed the Jordan, camping in the valley of Jezreel. Then the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. See, what I love about this story is that although Gideon is a cowardly man, God covers him in his power. God clothes Gideon's weaknesses with his spirit. 
And he wants to do the same for us. See, there's some of us here that God has called to serve, yet we're hesitant to do so because of the weaknesses that we have. But where we see weaknesses, God sees an opportunity to empower us for his glory. I remember in high school, we uh, we used to go to the gym, me and my friends, and uh, they would work out. I don't know if you guys caught that. We'd go to the gym and they would work out. Just just checking. (laughs) So I would work work out too, like small kind. And so I remember I had a friend who, uh, he he had a really strong upper body. And so I remember we'd go to the gym, and I remember this one week, uh, you know, we're, lift, we're lifting weights, we're on the treadmill, uh, we're doing, we're exercising, or me trying to look like I'm exercising, and I see him, and he's on the leg press, and he's going at it, he's like, ah, ah, and then he go to the, he go and lift some weights, and then he go back to the leg press, like, ah, and he do squats and all that, and I'm like, and all he would yell is, leg day, leg day, and I'm like, right on, I don't know what you're doing, bro, okay, and so, and so the next day we'd go to, back to the gym and, and same thing. He'd, live, he'd, he'd, do, he'd, he'd, you know, he'd work his uh, biceps and all that. And then all of a sudden he'd jump back on the leg press. He'd, he'd start banging out those plates and he'd be like, leg day, leg day. And I'm like, dude, stop yelling. Okay, I get it, leg day. And so, and so the third day, I think uh, he, he worked on his upper body just a little bit. And then he went back to the leg press. And I told him, dude, why are you working so much on your legs? Like, dude, you got so much upper body. Why aren't you like just like smashing on the, on the bench and all this and that? And he's like, because my legs are my weak spot. He said, I'm not gonna, I, I know my, I have upper body strength, so I'm gonna, yeah, I work out on that, but my focus is my legs because they're my weak spot. And that's why I yell leg day because He's saying, he's yelling leg day because he's actually in pain as he's doing all the presses. But he's reminding himself, he's telling himself, listen, this is leg day because this is my weakness. And this is what he told me. He told me, you work out every part of your body. But if you want to get really good, you focus on working out your weaknesses. In the same way, God wants to work out our weaknesses. God wants to empower us through it. That's why we have him. That's why we have those weaknesses. The third purpose is this. What's so amazing is that God wants us to work on our weaknesses so, that, so as we serve him, it becomes our strengths. And when they become our strengths, we find the purpose of rejoicing. And that's the third point. Rejoicing. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 10, 12.10 says it like this, for the sake of Christ... For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. And I love this because Paul is not saying that he likes weaknesses or insults or hardships or persecutions or calamities. Nobody does. I mean, I'm pretty sure nobody here this morning woke up this morning and said, yes, I love problems. Yes, I love having this weakness. Yes, I love the feeling that I'm not good enough. I'm pretty sure nobody woke up like that this morning. If you did, this might not be the message for you. Because here's the thing. We don't like weaknesses. We don't like weaknesses. We don't like hardships. We don't like problems. We don't like any of that. But why is Paul so content with them? Why does he write that I'm content with them? Why does he rejoice about it? Like, It's because although those things happen, you and I get to make a choice. We can choose to stay fixated on it or not. You see, we can stay fixated on our problems or on our weaknesses or on on the feeling that we're not good enough. And the thing is, sometimes we stay so fixated on the bad that it stops us from receiving the fixings that God wants to do in us. I remember when I was first serving in church and I was going through some things and I remember uh, I was like, Lord, I can't do this anymore. You know what? I'm going to take a break. And so I remember uh, going to, uh, I believe it was Pastor Sheldon, who was our youth pastor and young adult pastor at the time. And I told him, hey, Shell, you know what? I I don't think I can do this anymore. I don't think I can serve. I'm I'm just tired and there's things that I'm going through I got to work on and <clears throat> and I, I, think, I think it's time for me to step back and take a break. And I remember him looking at me and saying, is that, what God is, is, that, is that what God is putting on your heart? 
I told him, well, I don't, I don't, I don't really know, but I, I, I feel like, nah, I think I, I'm going to just take a break and focus on me and, and, and Jesus. Now, <clears throat> since then, I've heard people come up to me and they say, they say the same thing to me. Oh, Ben, I got to take a break. I got to work on this and that. And, and, I'm, and I'm not, what I'm not saying is taking a break is bad. What I am saying is taking a break when it's not the Lord is. Because when I told Pastor Sheldon that, hey, I want to take a break, you know, I'm going through some stuff and all that, he asked me why. And I couldn't give him a clear-cut answer. And this is what he told me. He said, you know, a lot of times when people say they want to take a break, they never come back. He said a lot of people say, hey, you know what, I'm going to step out for a season of serving the Lord and in ministry, and then when I, when, I, when, I, when I get my life all back together, I'll come back and I'll serve and I'll be on fire. Can I tell you this? I, being in ministry for 16 years, I've seen way more people leave and never come back than return. I've, I've hardly seen every, anybody say, hey, you know what, I'm going to take a break from serving <clears throat> and then I'll come back. Most times, if they do come back, they're far off worse than when they left. Why? Because the truth is, when we're serving God, the best part about it is the right way to do it is when we're actually serving God with God. That's the mistake that we, we, we often miss out on. That's why there's times where we're serving and we're going through stuff and we're like, why are we, like, like no, I, and we have to develop this a bad attitude or this bitterness, and the truth is because we're serving God, but we're not serving God with him. And then when we say, no, we're going to take a break, we actually cut ourselves off from God completely. See, that's why for me, I always challenge people, instead of taking a break, instead of saying I'm going to focus on my relationship with the Lord during this season, why not start right now? Why not start right now? Don't don't say, hey, I'm going to take a... Now, sometimes you do. Sometimes the Lord says, you need to find rest. And that's great. But remember that Jesus also said, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. You see, that's why a lot of times we'll take a break thinking that we're going to find times to rejoice when the truth is the moment we stop serving, we take a break. We even find more reasons not to rejoice. Romans 5 Verse 2 to 3 says like this, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. You know what I love about that is that when it says we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, can I tell you this? When we serve, we are upfront right there seeing the glory of God. And when we do that, we see the hope that comes with it. And when we see the hope that comes with it, we can rejoice in our sufferings. And when we rejoice in our sufferings, there's something that happens in our lives that's life-changing. Because God can turn our weaknesses into strengths when we are determined to rejoice no matter what's going on in our lives. You see, our flesh, our flesh will tell us to take a break or don't get involved. But the Holy Spirit will point us to the glory of God and produce endurance and character that gives us a confident hope. Gideon found that out in Judges 7, verses 7 to 9. The Lord told Gideon, With these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. And so Gideon collected the provisions and ram's horns of the other warriors and sent them home. But he kept the 300 men with him. The Midianite camp was in the valley just below Gideon. The night, that night, the Lord said, Get up, go down into the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. Now, can you imagine how Gideon must have felt? Like, Gideon first starts out with 32,000 troops. 32,000 troops to take on this army, to take on this, this people of the Midianites. And then it dwindles from 32,000 to 10,000. And then it finally results in 300 troops remaining. I mean, can you imagine as he's collecting the provisions and the ram's horns, that he's collecting 9,000 ram's horns from the warriors who are now going home? I mean, he could have been so fixated on who left. I mean, just think about it. Nine, over 9,000, close to the 10,000 that were with you, 
in the middle are now leaving you. But God is saying, this very night, I'm going to give you victory. See, Gideon could have easily said, I'm going to focus on the 9,000 that is leaving my side. But instead, he focused on the 300 that God was going to use to bring victory with. That's why I love when we sing that song, Raise a Hallelujah. I love it when we sing that song. Because it's a reminder of whatever we're going through in our lives, we can still raise a hallelujah. In fact, we have a church member who uh, several months ago, uh, her son, uh, her son got sick. And they, they actually had to fly him to Oahu. And the crazy part is that uh, they, flew, they flew him to Oahu and they, they, have, they had no idea what was going on with him. And so they ran all these tests and, and uh, they were doing all these things <clears throat> and it didn't, it didn't sound good. It, I mean, it, 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 he was lethargic. He wasn't responsive. Well, this mom, uh, who was one of our youth's parents as well, uh, she would send text messages to Katie and, and other people on our staff and, and other leaders in our church and, and just keeping us updated, keeping us updated. But what was so crazy is that um, one day she sends a text and it says at the very end of it, I'm going to raise a hallelujah. And she just claimed it in Jesus' name that in spite of everything that was happening with her baby boy, she was going to focus on what God was doing. When things like chemotherapy came up, blood donors came up, she would always say, raise, I raise a hallelujah, and she'd proclaim it in Jesus' name. And I'm thinking about it like this, as a parent, as a father of now five kids. My baby's in the hospital. It's kind of hard. Like, how can I, how, it's not easy to, to not focus on my child who's hooked up to tubes and not responsive. It's not easy for me to sit there, stand there, as the doctors say, they have absolutely no idea what's happening with my child. And I'm thinking to myself, man, she has the hope and the rejoicing of saying, no matter what happens, I'm, re- I'm, ra- I'm raising a hallelujah. I'm, I'm counting on my God. Because my God is good. Well, she just sent a picture I'm not even joking. She just sent a picture recently. I think it was just the day yesterday or the day before. And her oldest son actually uh, was able to donate blood for the blood transfusion. The baby boy is starting to heal now. And at the very end of her text message, with the pictures included of her baby boy and her older boy, she said, I raise a Hallelujah. You see, it's so easy to stay fixated on our weaknesses and say, I can't serve you, God. I can't serve you because I'm going through this. I can't serve you because this is what's happening right now. Yet she continuously says, I raise a hallelujah. That's 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 what God is calling you and I to do. That's what God is calling us to be. Because when we serve God, he positions us to see He is bigger than our weaknesses. And when we see that, we discover the last purpose. The last purpose is the purpose of overcoming. 2 Corinthians 12.10 finishes like this. For for when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, when we embrace our weaknesses, we experience the strength that comes from the Lord. And with that strength, we experience the victory of the Lord and see, and that's the thing I think a lot of times we forget or we don't really realize is that when I serve God, I am reminded that my God never fails because all he does is triumph. Our God never fails. Our God never loses. He, all he does is triumph. And when we serve him, we get to be a part of that victory. We get to be part of that overcoming in people's lives and even in our own. You see, you and I have weaknesses, but it's our decision to let our weaknesses 
be an excuse to serve God, or we can choose to let it be an opportunity for God to overcome in us. I remember the very first church camp we had at Spencer's Beach Park and that I went to. And when they said it was camp, I was like, what kind of camp? Because I don't camp. My camping is I go to the hotel. And they said, no, you got to set up tents and, uh, you know, pu- public bathroom and public shower. I'm like, whoo, I don't know if I can do that kind of camping. And so I remember, uh, so I remember the first camp I went to and uh, first thing was setting up the tent. That right there could have probably, we should have filmed that. Because I didn't know, I, I have no idea what I was doing. I was like, where, what pole goes where? And, 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 this is, and I'm like 18 at this time, 18, yeah, I was 18. And all the other kids who were younger than me all get their tents up, they're all having fun. I'm like, hey, you, come, they come help me put up this tent. And so we put up my tent, and I was oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh, and so that happened. I, I was so concerned. I even brought my own uh, toilet seat covers, yeah. Like, I remember, because I, I, to be honest, that was my weakness. I never camped. I never was like that kind of person. I wasn't an outdoors kind of person, which wasn't really outdoors because there's a pavilion and actual bathrooms. But I remember that, that camp. And I always refer back to that camp because I look at it now like, hey, I know how to set up a tent. I love going, I love camping now. Like, I'm almost this close to actually going camping. Like, I'm telling Katie, hey, let's go actually camping. Let's go bring on bucket, you know, whatever else, and we'll see how we do. Probably going to fail. It's probably going to be good in another message. But, but I overcame that camp. And it was amazing. Because I got to see what God was doing in the lives of his people. Especially his youth. You see, that's the thing. We can be caught up in our weaknesses. We can get caught up in all of our inadequacies, our flaws. But when we say, Lord, I'm going to serve you even in my weakness, I get to see your glory. I get to see the hands that are raised to receive you. I get to see the lives that are touched because of what you're doing in them. I get to see your glory and be a part of it. Because my God doesn't know how to fail. He only knows how to triumph. And we get to be a part of that. 1 John 5, verses 4 to 5 says this, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You see, when we serve God, we move from our trials and situations and step into the victory that he has for all of us through Jesus. We are no longer distracted by our weaknesses because we are focused on what God has promised us. Can I say this real quick? If you're here this morning and you're like, man, I wish I could see, really, I, I wish I could see God do great things, then maybe it's because you're not, in the, you're not where God is calling you to serve. Because maybe you're here this morning and God is calling you to serve, but you're saying, I, I don't know if I can, but I want to see the victory. You will never be able, we cannot see the victory unless we serve. We, we, got, we got to be able to say, Lord, I want to I overcome whatever weaknesses I'm going through because I want to see your glory. I want to see the great things that you're doing in people's lives, including my own. In Judges 7.15, when it comes to Gideon, this is how he, it, it, it ends. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship before the Lord. Then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, Get up, for the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. See, I love how Gideon, upon hearing the conversation, runs into the camp and rallies his army. Because no longer does he see the 300 soldiers remaining from the beginning of 32,000 troops. No, all he sees now is the victory. All he knows is that they're going to overcome because God overcomes even in our weaknesses. Some of the bravest people I know have endured weaknesses and haven't stopped serving God. There's one that I know of who, ha- who just so happened caught this disease that you and I, many of us, we know too familiar. And I remember when they told me that they had it, and, and when you hear that word, there's something that happens to you that, that you, no matter how strong of faith you may have, it does something to you. And so when they told me, it, it kind of it irked me a little bit. And, and they could obviously tell because they, they saw my face. It looked like it was about to cry. 
And then they told me, well, but I'm letting you know this just so you know. But I'm also letting you know I intend to fight. And I intend to serve. Because my God is big. And I know my God is going to overcome. Whatever that means, he's going to overcome. And I would watch. I would watch as this sickness took its toll. And there were days where it wasn't that great. My friend was not feeling good. I could see it. But nevertheless, they continued to say, but God is good. They're still here. They're still serving. And it's interesting because I thought, man, you're going through this. Of course, you're going to take time to, to better your health and all that. And, and they're like, yeah, but nothing is going to stop me from serving God. Because I know in him there's victory. There's other people that I know that have done the same thing. There's some that God brought their, God brought their healing in eternity. But they never stopped serving him. Why? Because they knew that with God came the victory. See, that's why you and I, we get to serve. That's why it's so important for us to serve God because there's something greater for us. And not only for us, but those around us. You see, you may be here this morning and maybe you're on the fence about serving God or maybe you still believe that there's no way that God could use you or should use you. But the truth is that if you were to look throughout the Bible, God used many flawed, unqualified people to do great things. Take a look. Thank you. you see, God is calling you and I to be a part of something that's not only monumental, but also life-changing. He's calling us to serve no matter our weaknesses, flaws, imperfections, or insecurities, or hindrances. You know, this morning we discovered that God's purpose for serving him is humility, empowerment, rejoicing, and overcoming. And as we live our lives in Christ, he continues to transform us into who he calls us to be. And if you were to take the first letter of all those four, humility, empowerment, rejoicing, overcoming, as well as the first letters in, in Christ, it spells out who God is calling you and I to be. Heroic. See, when we serve God, we can become heroic for him. And let me tell you why that's so important, because as much as I love God and that's why I serve, there's another reason why I serve God as well, and it's this. A little over a month ago, Katie gave birth to our twins, Luke and Leah. What's so amazing is why I serve God is because of, I know how much he loves me and I love him. But the secondary reason is because I want all of my kids, as well as my family, as well as my friends, as well as people who see me as I'm shopping at Target, I want them to see Jesus. And they're never going to see Jesus if all I do is say, I love God, but I'm not going to do anything for him. See, God is calling you and I to be heroic for him in our marriages, with our kids, in our workplaces, at school, in our communities, in our nation, and in our world. Why? Because the world needs Jesus. People need Jesus. And for some the only Jesus that they're ever going to encounter is you and I. That's why it's so important. That's why it's not okay to stay on the, stay on the, the fence and be like, no, it's okay, I'm just going to come to church and that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to listen to the message and then I'm going to go home. See, when we serve God, he does something in and through us, which is so powerful because he not only changes our lives, but he transforms those around us because we get to show them who Jesus is. That's why it's so important to serve God. Amen? You can put your Bibles away. You can put your notes away. Some of you right here this morning, you're on the fence right now. You're, you're, and maybe you're, like, maybe you're still feeling, I'm not good enough to serve. I'm not good enough to do this. I'm not good enough to do that. 
Can I tell you this? You may think you're not good enough, but God is. God is far more good enough to do great things in in and through you. You may be here, and you may be thinking, but no, but I have this weakness. I, I can't do this. My life's, not, my life's not okay yet. Listen, life is always going to be crazy. It doesn't mean we say, I'm going to serve you later, Lord. It starts now. Some of you, there's a calling that God has put on your heart, that he's put on your life. And he's calling you to come. My heart to you this morning is this. As we end this series on what's so important about serving God, because he loves you. And when we serve him, we get to show the world who he is. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord, we come before you this morning, Lord, and Lord, our prayer is this. That Lord, there are some of us here, Lord, that maybe, Lord, we don't have you in our hearts. We don't have you in our lives. And Lord, we can never be, we'll never be able to serve you unless we have you in us. And so Lord, at this moment, I wanna give an opportunity if there's anyone here that has never received Jesus Christ and you're saying this morning, Lord, that's the calling I hear in my heart, that I wanna receive you so that I can serve you with all that I got. I'm gonna ask that you repeat this prayer after me and as you say the words, you're just, you're repeating it, but you're saying with everything that you got because you're, you're not saying it to me, you're saying it to the Lord himself. Lord Jesus, I receive you this morning as my Lord and Savior, I give you everything. My strengths, my weaknesses, all of it. That your will would be done in my life. Thank you for going to the cross for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for coming back to life for me. Because you love me. Help me to live my life serving you always in Jesus' name. There's some of you that maybe said that for the very first time, and if that's you this morning, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask just for an act of faith, would you, would you raise your hand so I can just pray for you this morning? Yeah, I see you here. I see you there. Yeah, right on. I see you here. Lord, I pray that for those who received you this morning, Lord, I pray, come alive in them. You can put your hands down. And Lord, for the rest of us, Lord, Lord, help us to serve you, Lord. Lord, you're calling us to be a part of what you're doing in the lives of your people. And I pray that, Lord, even in our weaknesses, let your glory, let your power be revealed. Help us to be heroic so that people would see you in us. We love you, Lord. We thank you. And we pray for all these things in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen, amen. Would you welcome those who received Jesus Christ this morning?